Your Way Julian on the Brown Note and a Gone But Forgotten review of the album by Clips, the rap duo featuring the now solo Pusha T, and also who, who seem to have got back together, which I'm super excited about, and the reason I'm doing this, and their 2007 album, 2006 album, Hell Have No Fury. And I did wonder, like the Left Field album, has this really been forgotten? So I do gone but forgotten for albums or artists or films that were either denied classic status on release or have been forgotten about since. And I did wonder whether this album has been. And I know I was super disappointed to find out the Needle Drop has done virtually the same thing a few years back on this very album. So um, it's a bit redundant, yet at the same time he seems to have done the same thing, so maybe it has in a way being forgotten from the mix. For me, overall, Clips, Hell Have No Fury is the finest rap album released this century. <clears throat> I did my list of my top 30 albums, which wasn't the albums I thought were the best of all time, but the albums that year after year after year I keep going back to. And that is certainly every year I will you know, have a week of listening to Hell Have No Fury. It only ever gets better. The story of Clips is intertwined with Chad Hugo and Farrell, or Farrell Williams of the production powerhouse of Neptunes who arrived to produce lots of very prominent weird pop music and R&B music and rap music in the early 2000s and become quite dominant. In 92, uh, Farrell um, clips were uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and became associated with Pharrell Williams, who convinced them to their brothers, um, Gene No Malice, as he's called now, he was called Malice back then, Thornton and Terence Pusha T Thornton, um, were brothers convinced by Pharrell to become a duo, and they became a duo of clips, and became synonymous with the um being screwed over by your record label uh, they released exclusive audio footage in 99 lord willing in 2002 which was very well received and featured uh, an iconic track grinding which had a beat based out of a car door slamming real minimalist i'm assuming that was a yeah, the Neptunes did that. They're, they're, as a duo, they're known for getting the Rolls-Royce treatment from the Neptunes over the course of a whole album. Then they became embroiled in a storied record company abuse scenario where the record label that they were at was bought by a much bigger one who then sidelined their next album, which would end up being Hell Have No Fury four years later. But in between, they released the We Got It For Cheap mixtape series, which has been defined as perhaps the ground zero for what we currently accept as mixtapes, which is an artist releasing an album outside of their label album cycle and releasing it for free, and also being the pinnacle of those. There was a number of We Got It For Cheap albums and some of those are held up as the greatest free giveaway mixtapes of all time, as well as cementing that process of 
So now you'll get a major artist release a mixtape, which is really an album. I think some people are even charging for mixtapes, whereas Clips were releasing them out frustration because they weren't getting any release schedule from their record label. And in 2006, Hell Have No Fury came out entirely produced by the Neptunes. And it's not really like anything else. I think that there are two main stylistic modes in rap music, which is, uh, I think, going through a really bad period. I think rap music was sort of like, I, I didn't really like post sort of 98, 99 rap music up until the mid 2000s. The whole bling era, the Jay-Z era, just, just left me cold. I didn't care about it at all. And I feel like then they had this, you know, 2008 to say 2015, 2016, there was like this golden era of R&B and, and rap music. And it just, it's faded into being people who are like Travis Scott being the pinnacle and just not that interesting for me. But there's also this thing where the production is, I think, geared towards listening on mobile phone earbuds and uh, laptop speakers and TVs and it's just really basic production so 90% of everything that seems to come out has this really bog standard amalgamation rattling either trap or Chicago drill or UK drill style rattling beat and not much to it and if it isn't and it's old school then it tends to sound boom bapish Nothing on this album sounds anything like that or anything like anything else. It's an incredibly stunning soundscape all the way through. Um, we got it for cheap, uh, opens the album, uh, not from the mixtapes, but uh, it's the production here, like the second track, Mama, I'm so sorry, I'm so obnoxious. Um, referencing Miami Vice and Crockett and Tubbs, and the lyrics here are like Pusha T's entire oeuvre focused solely on dealing cocaine, which would seem limiting, but it's like an artist doing the one thing over and over and over again. And it's amazing how much scope and reference to the rest of their lives and world that they can get out of this. It's ridiculous. Um, and it's got this incredible wheezing accordion uh, going in the background of the beat. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, Mr. Me Too, I think, actually was a slight, I think was a, a track criticizing Lil Wayne at the time. Uh, and Pharrell shows up a lot on these tracks doing vocal hooks and even rapping. Uh, and has a, it's got this incredible um, rimming sort of um, beat that goes through it. They're like The synth pads in the background are incredibly inventive on this track. Um, and they berate um, people that copy them. And the Thornton brothers became synonymous with coke rap. Uh, and, uh, you know, Drake ended up having a massive feud with Pusha T, saying that he was never a real coke dealer, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if any of that's true, but I do know that the manager of Clips ended up getting a massive jail sentence for being involved in a multi-million dollar coke dealing enterprise. And it looked at one point like they were going to get sucked into that vortex and the no malice side of Clips ended up becoming a, a born again Christian. 
um, for a period and I did wonder whether that was trying to get away from jail time but it never reached their door but their managers spent quite a long time in jail already maybe a decade um, for multi-million dollar cocaine enterprises so it would seem to have a basis in fact but who cares I don't care that Rick Ross wasn't a drug kingpin I care that he was able to pull off that persona so convincingly on Teflon Don or uh, Finally Rich brilliant albums um, Womp Womp is almost back into the grinding um, aggressive um, hammering beat and is absolutely amazing. Not many features on this album, but Slim Thug shows up here. Every track here is not standing out. It occupies its own space, and they all have got gradually better over the years that I've listened to this album. Um, they're very sonically inventive. Um, a mixture of very interesting percussive patterns and very unusual and often occasionally sci-fi uses of um, synths in the background which is um, really works very very well uh, right around shining is another um, they're, they're very hooky tracks uh, and the lyrics are often um, incredibly uh, grabbing in the way that he, he talks about terrible both of them talk about terrible things they've got very similar voices but it works like a boxer going backwards and forwards like one takes the, the reins and the other punches in um, and says lots of dodgy stuff about, you know, the, the college girls that they're selling their drugs to and uh, obviously all of the cars that they're driving and so on, which sounds crap on paper, but it's all about the language that's being used, which is hugely inventive and very poetic and often these long form hooks which um, thread together an awful lot of um, words that hit, you know, mid-sentence punctuating rhymes and so on. Very elaborate uh, lyrically. And I think that, you know, Pusha T has become known for existing in his own lane on that. But this is at full flight. And this is the same standard that he brought to the table with a release like Daytona. But it's even better than Daytona. Um, Dirty Money has a really big hook and you would have expected that to have been a, a real breakout single it's got a really clipped upright beat to it and this uh, guitar pattern on there that reminds me a little bit of Tricky's Christian Sands uh, it's a very hooky track and you would have expected that to have been um, an, uh, an absolute breakout single for this album which was very mid-range high mid-range success when it came out keys open doors there's so many metaphors and similes for coke on this album that it's constantly uh, impressive lyrically uh, and keys open doors is a good example of that um, the re-up gang was uh, posse cut which is um, ancient um, featuring the re-up gang which is um other people that they were involved with musically at the time and trill is probably the best track on the whole album it has one of the greatest sci-fi synth patterns in all music not just rap music farrell, farrell and chad hugo's work here is phenomenal the lyrics are outstanding there are some really long form verses that just tumble into the next line oh it's so um charismatically interesting to listen to their lyrics on this album and Trill is just a masterpiece, one of the greatest 
tracks of all time in rap music and one of the best backing tracks. It's got this really acidic sci-fi synth pad that goes all the way up and down um, and a great um, feral chorus on it. Uh, it's just a masterpiece. Chinese New Year, again, you know, you've got the lyricism of um, they're outside your house letting off guns like Chinese New Year. Uh, the lyrics are, are just fantastic. The vocal delivery is fantastic and the production is fantastic. And Nightmares pads it out into a really unusually um, sort of black exploitation era um, funk soul ending, which works really, really well. This to me is one of the great landmark albums one of i would say easily the best rap album from 2000 to 2010 which was a little bit of a wasteland and i don't think that you know the big albums from that era like the game are necessarily ones that have stood up and i think that you know the ones that were really well known like the blueprint and stuff by jay-z have never really done it for me I don't really dig the production or the soundscapes and I'm not really interested in the lyrics. And clips just felt like they were, you know, beamed in from some alien crack house uh, with this stunning Neptune soundscape. You know, just multi-million dollar soundscape. All of the songs aren't poppy, but they're all catchy. Um, it's, it's often avant-garde and Neptunes were really well known for making um, even Britney Spears songs sound really avant-garde yet still really catchy, just alien sounding. And they do their best work here. Very excited that clips have started playing again. The last Pusha T album, which was brilliant. Uh, what was the last Pusha T album? It was fantastic, a great follow-up to Daytona. And the very last track on it featured his brother. For the very first time, it's almost dry last year. So he released that last year and the last track featured the two of them together. And that album also featured a lot of production from the Neptunes. And we seem to be circling and circling back to the revival of clips and they, they are playing live. They've announced some live shows. And we have a very potent uh, guest act or equal act. I don't know if it's a joint header show or what. I can't remember who it is, but it was really quite ex exciting. But Hell Have No Fury doesn't sound anything like this rattling shite that comes out now, um, often with very auto-tuned vocals. It is completely start to finish about rapping about cocaine and being a gangster in the most imaginative ways possible. You can make the most boring subject interesting if your wordplay is developed like they, they are here. The, the production is so good, both the percussive elements and the uh, stylistic quirks on the track, uh, on all of the tracks is incredibly memorable and very individualistic. And none of them really sound like anything else. Like I said, not boom bap either. So it doesn't hark back to like the golden era of the mid 90s. It's, it's a phenomenal album, start to finish. There's no chaff anywhere on it. And I would have listened to it hundreds of times, only elevating my appreciation for it. So I'm gonna give my Gone But Forgotten, if it really was, 
and given that Clips seemed to be circling back to a reunion, they did release one more album called Till the Casket Drops after this in 2009, which is pretty crap. Um, and by that stage, their manager had been indicted on very serious and eventually guilty on very serious drug charges. And the brothers had split. And I often wonder whether they split to get the hell out of the way or what. And um, it took a while for Pusha T to get his solo career off the ground. I thought his early album was actually really good, but he really hit his stride years later with the Kanye produced Daytona. And he was head of Kanye West's record label and recused himself last year after the Hitler comments from Kanye, where he said, no, I can't stand by this. Um, but it's great if Clips coming back. Um, it's an amazing record. In fact, the mixtapes and Lord Willing, particularly the um, We Got It For Cheap series, uh, are a discography that needs to be released, I think, as a more cohesive whole and give them the credit that's due. So a 10 out of 10 for, I think, the best rap album, Release This Century, Hell Hath No Fury from Clips. <laughs> 